Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Writing and getting books published and written and distributed and marketed properly is one of the biggest pain points that so many of you have. We know that. And over the years, I've had an opportunity to interface with a number of different people who have different you know, magical superpowers in the book writing and publishing space. And today I'm gonna introduce you to one of my favorites. She's a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Honoré Corder. And Honoré, first of all, she is worked very closely with one of my dear, dear friends, two of my dear, dear friends, Hal Elrod, which many of you probably know. She helped Hal turn The Miracle Morning into a whole book series. Honoré has written more than 50 books and not just with Hal, but lots of people. Phil Helmuth, who is the World Series of Poker champion. Also, one of our other dear friends, John Rulin, and his book, Giftology, who we just absolutely adore John. We've had him, of course, on the show. And she just works as a strategic book coach to writers. And also, I would say, a, a publishing specialist um, specifically for people who want to self-publish and maintain all the ownership and the control and the rights, but to do it in a way that it looks and acts and feels and operates like a traditionally published book. So anyway, she just recently moved to Nashville. Well, not that recently, but a little bit recently. And we reconnected and had to bring her to you. You're going to love her. Honore, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, good to be with you. All right, my friend. So... I want to start with the question of the writing process, okay? So you've written 50 books. You've coached people through this. You're teaching lots of people on on the writing process. Mm -hmm. I feel like people get stuck at the blank page. Like they go, I want to write a book. I know I got a book in me. I probably got five books in me, but then they like sit down and it's like, it doesn't come or it doesn't come. What's on Netflix? (laughs) What's on Netflix? I'll do it later. So what do you think's going on there? What do we need to know about that stage and that moment? And how do we kind of get ourselves past there? That's a, that's a great question. Thank you. And there's a lot to unpack there. I think what people get stuck on is what goes in a book. Why am I the person to write a book? Other people have already written a book, like the book I'm thinking of writing. Why should I write a book? Yeah. And then how am I going to write it? How am I going to know it's any good? And then once I'm done with it, what the heck do I do with it? Who's going to read it? What if nobody buys it? (laughs) So there's a lot of static and a lot of head noise going on. And and without a process to follow and without some clarity, they, they will stand to get stuck even if they get past that blank page. Yeah. So let's talk about the mental part of it then first, because I do think that that is that sort of self-limiting belief of one, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, or more of the imposter syndrome, which is like, well, someone already wrote that book. Like, you know, I already read that book. I mean, do you find that that's a pretty big, a pretty big part of this? And how do you, how do we get ourselves beyond that moment? Sure. So yes, someone has probably written a book about what you have knowledge and expertise around 
semicolon, however, comma, <laughs> right? There is no book written in your words from your perspective with your additional experience. And you are the messenger that only some people can hear. And I love to use the example of like Brene Brown versus Tony Robbins. In the motivational space, for the people, lots of people stand at the at the the stage and and watch Tony Robbins and think that he's the best thing ever. And other people think he's too big. He has his teeth are too big, (laughs) right? It's too much for me. And other people think Brene Brown is just the most wonderful thing in the world. And other people think she's too quiet and she's not commanding enough. Their messages are not the same. They're similar. And you could say, well, it's motivational. I've been motivated. I'm done. That's it. And yet there is that other option, which is what you bring to the table, your experience, your expertise, your knowledge, and your words, your approach, your philosophy, how you connect with people. And that is not in a book if you haven't written it. So I like to get people past that, well, who am I to write a book? I'm not experienced enough, or who cares, or there's already a book out there contextualizing them and saying, hold on, you have something to offer, you must write a book, right? And then helping them to figure out what goes in the book and where and why and getting started on that process. Because, and let's go to all the way to the end and you've been there and I've been there. You get that book for the first time and hold it in your hands and you're an author. It's kind of the coolest thing ever. It's worth all of the trouble. Yeah. Well, and and you get the first comment from a reader or Amazon review. Yeah. They're like, you know, that's yes. it's so powerful. And and I, you know, I I do use myself as an example on this because I go, look, take the stairs more or less is a book that about hard work. There's not many more unoriginal topics that or messages than hard work. And and as a 20-something year old kid, when I wrote the book, I was like, yeah, I, fe- I felt like, well, what am I saying that's different? But it was totally from my lens. And I think the beauty of me being so young was I knew nothing else other than to write it from my lens. And I wasn't old enough to have as much self-doubt, I think, as sometimes people get in their 30s. And yeah, it's bringing you to the table, contextualizing you. No one else can do that. Right. No one else has your voice, your perspective, and all of the other things that make you you. No one else can write your book. And so I think you owe it to people. I'm just going to throw it out there. (laughs) You owe it to people to write your book. And I read Take the Stairs and I sent you a screenshot of all the the tabs and notes and highlights of reading the book. And I had read every other book on hard work. Yeah, hard work is not a new philosophy, but your perspective and that phrase, oh, I'll take the stairs. I'll I'll do the harder thing. I can do hard things. I do this hard thing. And it builds that muscle and builds on top of that. Some of that book has never left me. It stayed with me. So if you hadn't been that 20-something-year-old kid going, all right, I'm going to write a book, and you did it, then all the people who benefited from it would have missed out. And so now I'm just, I'm not talking to you, right? I'm talking to your audience and the people that are listening and are thinking, well, but what would I say that would be any different? It's not necessarily that you would say something different. It's that you would say something different that you would say it in your way. And the person who would have said, well, I'm not going to take the stairs. Why would you take the stairs when you would take an elevator? (laughs) I might hear another message, your message in a way that actually moves them and transforms their life. And you're right. Then the thing that is even better than receiving that first book is receiving that first letter in the mail 
or that first email where someone says, I read your book and it changed my life. It inspired me. I am behaving differently. I'm doing something differently. I'm believing more in myself. There are very few things that are more fulfilling than that. Yeah, that is incredible. And I, and I think another part of the fear, like just since we're talking about the emotional side of this, I do think there is this fear of like, well, I could pour my life into this thing and nobody's going to read it, right? Or no one's going to buy it. It's almost like I have this public declaration that I've put out there that I want something to be successful. And if it's not successful, then somehow it's like this public reflection that, you know, my book wasn't good enough or something like that. And ironically, I think it's when a book doesn't sell well, it is less often to do with what is written in the book and more to do with the promotional plan. And, you know, I know that that's a part that you really kind of specialize in is going, okay, what are the things? So, so let's say if we get past the self-doubt, we're operating in what we would call our uniqueness. We help people find their uniqueness. They create a great outline. They work with you or some, you know, somebody like you that helps them really like flush out and write it out. And, you know, we've got lots of people that we love to help. You're one of them. They get this book written then what? What do they do to make sure that people find it? Connecting the book with the reader is the $60 million question, right? How right. do you connect the reader to the book and most importantly, the author? And it starts actually with that blank page with the questions that you're going to ask yourself when you're putting pen to paper. The first one would be something like, where does the book fit into my business? And what is the purpose of the book in my business? What do I want the reader to do as a result of reading my book? With Taking the Stairs, you want people to work harder, right? Um, with You Must Write a Book, which is my book, I want everyone to write a book. I want the right person to call me and say, I want you to help me with this process. That's, that's figuring out where does the book fits into the business and where the book fits in with the author. And then everything else that you do actually is informed and influenced by the answers to those questions. How do yeah. people connect with you? And how do they connect with you in their journey of reading the book? Do they like you more as the book goes on? And are you adding value to them? Are you helping them to solve a problem or capitalize on an opportunity or both? And then how do they, how do they come to understand if they're the person that you could help be on the book? And all yeah, of that so is it's like a into the marketing strategically, even thinking beyond the book to going, let's say I write an amazing book, I market it, I get someone to buy it, they actually read it, they get to the end, then what? So it's kind of like thinking about how does this direct and fit into your overall kind of business plan and like, not just your business plan, but how can you service that person at a deeper level once they've been through the book and how are you pointing them in that direction? Right. So the trick is, and there's no trick, but the trick is, right, the, the question that you want to answer is, how do I serve the person so they feel like in exchange for their time and money, right, the time they're reading the book and the money they've spent on the book, that they are getting value, that the question of the book has been answered. Because you buy a nonfiction book, I read Limitless by Jim Quick because I want to be limitless. So Jim, had a big hill to climb with me. Right? <laughs> I had a, we had a lot of questions about how to be limitless. And those questions were answered in the book. But at the end of the book, there were a lot of other ways for me to take my limitlessness to be even more unlimited. <laughs> right? There were ways that I could connect with him. And those had to be built into the book too. So there were resources in the book. And 
options for connecting with the author before someone puts pen to paper or even while they are thinking about what those things would be. How am I going to connect with my reader? How can my reader connect with me after they've finished the meat of the book? What's the next thing for them to do? What's the next stage in our relationship? And what does that look like? And how do we connect those dots? I think we live in a great time when it used to be that an author was a a person that you didn't know where they were. You would never hear them interviewed or talked to unless it was on the McNeil Lair report or something, right? And now, or Charles Cronkite, right? They'd like authors were unicorns that were inaccessible and now authors are accessible people and have to think of themselves as accessible and readers love to know their authors. Authors that you like, we want to know who you are and we want to connect with you, right, as readers. And so thinking about that as a, an author, as an aspiring author, is how can I make sure that my readers know that I'm not inaccessible, I'm not a unicorn and I want to be connected with and here is who the, who the person is that I want to connect with the most. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So let's talk to about Amazon specifically for a minute because I you know sure. I, I know most of most of your experience is like really kind of dominating this the self-published uh, world and and helping people promote what do authors need to know about Amazon that we don't know like what as a first-time author is not obvious to us about Amazon that it's like well you really need to know this like it, in order since Amazon represents I don't know what it is something like 50 60 percent of all sales I mean maybe even more than that whatever the number is it's a massive percentage what are the things you think most authors go, oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. I didn't know I needed to do that. I didn't know I needed to update that. I didn't know I had to like do this or that for Amazon specifically. Sure. Well, it, it not unfindable information, not fi- information that you can't find if you're looking for it, but understanding how to engage Amazon as a retail partner when launching your book and marketing your book is very important and understanding that if you know how to engage Amazon as a retailer, as a retail partner, they will serve up your book forever. If you can prove to Amazon that your book is profitable, Amazon wants to sell profitable things. If you've ever opened your email or like maybe 12 times today, you've opened your email and there's something from Amazon that says, well, are you done reading this book? Because when you're done reading this book, you should read this book over here. Oh, did you buy this thing? Well, people who bought this also bought that, right? There is a way to engage Amazon as a retail partner so that you can have them serve up your book. And it's not with ads, it's free. It's knowing the process, right, of engaging Amazon in such a way that they say, well, Take the Stairs is a profitable book. And so we're just going to keep selling Take the Stairs. We're just going to keep recommending Take the Stairs. Honoré read the book and Honoré is like these 1 million other people 
And so we're going to send this email to these 1 million other people that are just like Honoré because they've read all the same books that Honoré has, but not take the stairs. So they're going to email those people on your behalf for free. And you're saying you can do something proactively as an author. What's an example or like, what are some of those things that we go, oh, I didn't even realize I was supposed to do that or I could do that. Amazon seems like this ginormous, like faceless enterprise. Like that, I think is something I, I don't even think, like, I don't even feel that way that it's like, oh, I can, I should be doing these steps. Yes. So there are three things. One is having an advanced reader team that consists only of your ideal reader. So assembling an advanced reader team of the, of the right size and of the right consistency, right? Having the right people that are the ideal reader for your book, as opposed to, I'll, I'll give you the thing not to do too, which is don't launch your book to everybody for 99 cents because that will kill your book. So specifically launching your book to the exact type of person who would read your book. So not telling everyone about your book, telling a specific group of people about your book and engaging them in such a way that it tells Amazon, ooh, people are gonna like this book. And these are the type of people that are gonna like this book. And then the two other things are- Okay, hold on. Right so I want I want to get the ooh. other two, but before we do this- yeah. so- when you go like find the ideal, right? I mean, that's really powerful is to number one, don't try to just go, I want to sell a million copies at 99 cents and just like, you you know, set the market. (laughs) Like this is what my book is worth 99 cents. You know, some people do that for the bestseller thing. And, you know, there's some value, I guess, to some of that. But how do you find these people? Is that just like, go look on other books in your category and see who's reviewing those and reach out, try to like reach out to those people? That is a strategy, but that is, that's pain and suffering. And I try to avoid pain and suffering. So there's, okay. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I'm anti-pain and suffering in every, in every situation. Your ideal client, your past clients, people, you know, who read books like those books. I bet you could tell me five books that are like, take the stairs. I can tell you five books that are like the miracle morning for entrepreneurs with Cameron Harold, right? So we went and looked for who are the other books that are like this book, who's read those books. And those are the people that I want. The people who are the ideal reader for the book are who I want to talk to about the book. Which if you have an email list and like you do a lot of the things that we teach at Brand Builders Group, what we call the relationship engine and all this stuff. So yep. you're basically saying it, it is those people. I mean, those, it's those people. Yeah, it is those people. Yes. Okay. They're not, they're not hidden. <laughs> yeah. And then they're it's other, other podcasts like yours and yeah. other authors like yours yeah. and other yeah. social media people like, you know, posting similar content and that stuff. Yeah. If you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one, you know, this better than anyone, right? Identify who your avatar is, your ideal reader, your ideal client. They're all the same thing and put a group of those people together to be your advanced reader team and curate them and help them to help you engage Amazon and other retailers as your partner in your book marketing. And you're, when you say they're advanced reader team, you're saying give them a copy of the book before it comes out. Why? Yep. Is that so that they can leave reviews early on as soon as the book comes out? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a process that I have authors walk through. It's like, this is the day that you do this. And this is the day you do this. And this is the day you do that. So that you're engaging the algorithm of the engine, right? Of the retail engine in advance so that they know who to market it to as well. So it's a, it's a little ninja, you know, behind the curtain, under wraps, keep it quiet. Don't talk to anybody about it. I say that a lot. <laughs> Zipit.com. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Zipit.com. Zipit.com. So you're engaging the exact right and perfect reader. I know 
I know this from experience and I have to say it a lot. You got to keep it quiet, even though this is probably the thing, one of the top five things you're the most excited about, right? You have a new kid, your book, and you want to tell everybody about your new kid, but you just can't for a little while. You've got to keep it under wraps and only talk to people about the book. Who are your avatar, your ideal reader, your ideal client? And if you get those those people to go leave reviews and they're ver- either whatever, a verified Verified, whatever, yep. Those, yep. Those really help. So, okay, so that's awesome. So yep. I don't need a million people to read it. I need to find no. like a core group of 100 or 50 or whatever, like, Correct. and just get them to actually yep. read it, foster that audience, get them to support yep. it, to leave, you know, share it with whatever, start yep. small. Yep. All right, What's you said there were three things. We're running out yeah. of time. But yeah, the I other two are quick. The other two are quick. The uh, keywords. What are the keywords that people search to find your book? Okay. Identify your keywords. And it's not a word. So brand builders would be a keyword. So if someone were saying, how do I build my brand? What's right. the best way to build my brand? Each of those is a keyword. So you identify the keywords that people would use to find a book like yours. And those become your keywords. You're talking about this is similar to search engine optimization for Correct. like Google, but you're you're yeah. talking specifically in Amazon. Correct. Yeah. You need to select your keywords, but then yeah. but like for where SEO, I can yeah, yeah. Where do you put them on Amazon? Your, what is that? It, in in the back end, in in when you're when you're publishing your book or when I'm publishing your book, I identify the keywords and I <laughs> I put them in the in the I do the that publishing piece. But there is a the dashboard, right, where you would go to upload the book cover and the book files. They ask you, what are your keywords? And you put in the keywords and then the keywords match. Yeah. And that see what's wild about that is when you traditionally publish, you have less control over things like that. I mean, what? This is, no, stop it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> As you know, it, it's, you know there's, know, there's there's so many great things about traditionally publishing and self-publishing. Yes, it's course. like one of these, of course, these of balances. Course. But you know, procrastinate on purpose, missed the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, not because we didn't sell enough units, because the book wasn't categorized in the proper category that BookScan and Nielsen and that the Wall Street Journal picks up. And it was like, what? Like, who was supposed to tell us that? Like, who's, who's going to lose their job today? Yeah. So that's actually the third thing is are the categories. Your book has oh, to be in the Oh, right that's category. the third one. Look at us. That is Categor- the third so- one. Look at you keywords. being all star student and everything. Yes, okay. And category is the next one. So key. So advanced reader team, okay. the algorithms, getting you know the the team and teaching the team and and teaching the author. Right? <laughs> got to do everything in you know at the right time, right? You got to you got to marinate the meat before you make the put it on the grill, right? Right thing at the right time. Then you have to understand what are the keywords and what are the categories. And how to change them, how to see if they're working and how to make sure that you're making the moves and how to make the moves at the right time. So like, like I said, it's a little bit art, a little bit science. Where does the, ca- um, is the categories a backend dashboard? I mean, yeah. The, yeah. I know it's like monitoring categories is, is one thing and there's different yeah. ways to do that and different tools. Yeah. And you're, you know, hopefully your publisher kind of knows some of that helps you figure that out or, or, or you know, but like yeah. w- once you, you're saying that it's actually like monitoring it and then going, let's change the the category of this yeah. book to put it somewhere else. You can yeah. just log in and do that. You can ask, you can actually send an email to Amazon and ask them to put you in certain categories. Otherwise they're just going to put you in categories. If you've ever looked at a book and it's like, this is a book on dog walking and it's in the kitten leg warmer category. Yeah. It's that just happens. because 
<laughs> it happens all the time. It's just because somewhere in the computer, <laughs> somewhere in there, something got off and it went in the wrong, it went in the wrong category. So basically you just need to noti notify Amazon, say, hey, can you move this? Yes. My, can yes. you list my book in this other category? If you're yes. self-published, if you're Correct. traditionally published, your publisher has to do that. Yeah, one would hope, yes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then keywords is the yeah. same thing. Basically, like there's some, there's a back end part of Amazon where you basically, rep similar to how you would do with like meta tags and H1, H2 tags uh -huh. on a website. Yeah. Yep. There's a, there's somewhere in Amazon yeah. in the back end where you, this dash, is, is it called a dashboard? Is that what I it's call called? I call it the dashboard. Yeah. It's, it's, you're just logging in. So it's Kindle Digital Publishing, kdp.amazon.com is the, is the login. Is uh -huh. where you create your account, and so you create an account and you upload all the the files and the information. It's where you put in the title and the subtitle, uh -huh. and the book description. And you're right; you have to have HTML and a call to action, and making sure that the font size is right and the spacing is right. Otherwise, it just looks a little jabberwocky on the on the retail page. And all of those things factor into whether your book appears professionally published or not. <sighs> I know. I mean, again, with procrastinating on purpose, for some way, our our original book cover got uploaded and it had this like weird glitchy thing on the cover. And there was like a weird splotchy looking thing. And it was like, how does this ha like, how does that happen? And it's just like somebody uploads a file that's wonky or something. That's and then wonky or, or corrupt or something. And, and then you have to change it and you have to get to the right person to make the change and all, all the things. There's, yeah. My checklist is, has 487 things on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, 487 steps to success, That's you right. know, but there are small specific things like this that yeah. that yeah. really, really make a difference. That's wild. I didn't even know that about, I mean, I guess I, it made sense, but as a traditionally published author, I don't actually have control of, my keywords and categories. I have to go through the publisher because it's all in there. They control the dashboard for it. I presume, although I'm going to ask, I'm going to have this based they on have, my- They have access to the same. They have access to the same. There's, there, there's might be a little more robust than what they let you know, the common folk have the traditional publishers probably have something that's a little more robust, but they definitely have keywords and categories. For of sure. But do. the thing is, yeah. I got to I'm depending on someone else to do the work of updating it versus I can't just log in and do it myself, which is one nice thing about self-publishing is you can like log yeah. in and up, update the thing. Yeah. So that's part of the partnership of, of publishing. Yeah. Really interesting. So all right. Well, Honoré, so so I got one more question for you before I ask you that. Where should people go if they want to connect with you? I mean, you've worked with Hal Elrod, John Rowland, Cameron Harold. These are all these those three people specifically are close personal friends of mine. I know you've done a ton with Hal, and if someone wants help, like actually writing a book, and and I mean, I know you teach people to do it, but you also will do it with them Correct. where Correct. should they go find you and say hey i found you on brand builders podcast or like where do you want them to go go just go to my website honorayquarter.com and send me an email send me honoray at honorayquarter.com or go to my website and do a, a form and send it over i get those and uh -huh. megan is my assistant and she will she will get you on my calendar if, to uh, discuss I, if this would be a good fit I love it. I yeah. love it. And when you um, get your rights back on your books, call me. <laughs> oh, you're talking to me? 
Yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, well, we should talk. We should talk offline about hey. some things. Okay, so honorequarter.com. We'll put a link to there, honorequarter.com if you just want to email her. So the last little thing that I just I have for you here is coming back to this mental side of things. Yeah. The fear that it won't be good, the self-doubt that I'm not smart enough, the imposter syndrome that someone else has already done it. I guess, is there any last thought you would have as it relates to this emotional block? Because over time, I've become more convinced that the the, dis, the barrier between a mission-driven messenger, which is we call our audience mission-driven messengers, the primary barrier between a mission-driven messenger and actual published book in their hand is a whole set of emotional challenges that are much greater than the logistical challenges. So is there anything you would you would say to that person who knows they should write a book, but they're struggling to get their own, you know, pass some of their own beliefs? Uh, probably a hundred things. So I'll try to come up with a few that are impactful for right now. The first one is you have done something difficult in the past that you were unsure you could succeed. So go back to those wins that you've had in the past and revisit them. Go to the people who know you the best, your encouragers, your coach, your mom, your mm -hmm. therapist, your best friend, and ask them what they think. And when they encourage you, listen to them. They are right, right? They know. They have a line of sight to something that you cannot see. And also, you do not publish a book by yourself. I mean, unless you're crazy. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I must be crazy because I've done it myself a, a number of times. But for yourself and by yourself are different. And I've not ever published a book where I didn't use a graphic designer to give me a good cover and an editor or more than one editor to go through and make sure that my my message was strong, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to need a proofreader and you're going to need a copy writer. And you're going to need this advanced reader team of people who are going to read your book and tell you that what you have done is a, is a beautiful thing. And writing a book really is a team sport. And so engage the right team of people, make sure that you do use an editor, make sure you do use a graphic designer who does understand book covers and that sort of thing. And once you have your team around you, you will feel less fear and less reticence that you might be running a marathon for the first time, but you got a coach, right? You, how many miles do I run today? Do I do strength training? Do I do yoga? Like what are the other things I need to do? Listen to the other people that you have around you. And then also find some other people that have written books and have gone through the process who can give you some words of wisdom and say, oh yeah, I felt fear too. And I'm going to add one more thing. And that's what you touched on it before when you said I was a 20 something kid and I wrote Take the Stairs. When I wrote my first book, it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to write my first book. I didn't have that monkey mind either. I didn't have those self-doubts because I don't, honestly didn't think anybody was ever going to read it. So who cares? <laughs> Right. So if you put the pressure on yourself of like, I have to write a book and it has to be a New York Times bestselling book and, 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 right. If you make it really hard to feel good about the success of your book and really easy to feel like a failure, you're already starting behind the eight ball. So just give yourself easy wins. Huh, I'm going to sit down and come up with an idea for a book. Okay. I have an idea. I wonder if I could flesh it out with an outline. Let me come up with an outline. Okay. That's a win. Like make it easy for yourself to feel good make it really hard for yourself to feel bad, not just in book writing, but in life. But in this instance, let's focus on the book writing. Set the fear aside and recognize that 
you're not doing it alone. And there are a lot of books out there. There are a lot of inferior books. And there are a lot of superior books. And it's okay. This is your book. And you get one spin around the rock, right? You better leave something for people to remember you by. There it is. Some ninja secret <laughs> undercover, whatever you said, confidential <laughs> tips just between me and you and a few tens of thousands of listeners. That's right. On that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone listening all over the world. Excellent. The podcast, but it's all about who's going to take action on it. I mean, that's that's it. So Honoré, so good to reconnect with you, my friend. And uh, thanks Thank for you. sharing some of your wisdom. We wish you the best. I know we'll be staying in touch, especially now you are a Nashville neighbor. So that's all right. the best to you. All right. Thank you so much. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.